All right. Well, it's a pleasure to join you again, and I have a very special guest, James Maroney, who goes by Jim, who is doing great things in the Diocese of Dallas and has been doing great things for a long time. So as, as our listeners know, we often focus on things that are happening within the University of Dallas. This time we're talking about something that's going to be happening at the University of Dallas but in partnership with our diocese and in partnership with the Catholic Foundation and in partnership with a remarkable man who has spearheaded a tremendous effort to um, raise awareness and focus and to solve a problem that's near and dear to the hearts of all of our listeners, which is uh, the improvement of preaching within our parishes. So welcome to the program, Jim. Uh, thank you, President Sanford. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on this uh, program with you. You know, I, I often like to uh, spend a little bit of time talking about the the passion that drives, um, whether it's a, a faculty member or recently we, we had a conversation with our new chaplain at the university. And, and you clearly have a passion for your faith. You have a passion for um, the, the spoken word, um, both as it's professed in mass and, and as, it's, as it's described in a, in a homily. Where, where does that come from? What, what drives you, Jim? Well, President Sanford, I have always been fascinated with oratory. Um, listened many times to the speeches of John F. Kennedy or Martin Luther King, uh, Winston Churchill, FDR, uh, people who moved... Um, uh, people during important times with <clears throat> with their oratory, mm-hmm. and it always took me back to Jesus Christ, uh, who you know spent his ministry uh, basically using oratory, using his preaching in order to establish his new church mm-hmm. on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so wish we had recordings of that. I could only imagine. Uh, how marvelous it would be to hear him speak uh, in his own voice. Uh, but uh, I then, you know, continued to try to find that same preaching that I believe Jesus brought every moment of his earthly uh, ministry uh, to people. I, well, I keep wanting to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our churches, in our parishes, and I have to say, um, more often than not, I'm I'm pretty disappointed. You know, it's it's um, um, it, it it's a tough thing in some ways to to articulate that challenge because, as you and I both know, we we are surrounded by truly dedicated priests who love the Word of God, who love their ministry. And, um, and, and here we're, we're articulating a, a criticism, and it's a criticism that, that um, um, a lot of people have had, that, that we're not moved by, um, by the homilies in, in masses, and, and there's a concern that, that um, we're, we're losing some of our young people because of that, and um, some of our, uh, of our um, adults are, are leaving the Catholic Church to, to go to churches that have more vibrant preaching. And you know, what, one of the things that I found um, really helpful when, when you and I began um, talking about this project 
and um, you were looking at 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 some some data um, that the University of Dallas helped helped to collect, uh, not just from parishioners but but from priests themselves about the quality of of preaching. Could could you talk about that a little bit? What we found out? Yeah, just just sure quickly. Uh, <clears throat> the University of Dallas was uh, instrumental in putting together this research instrument. <clears throat> the uh, the diocese. Uh, gave us the email addresses of all the parishioners for whom they had those. And we sent out <clears throat> this survey, uh, both in English and in Spanish, uh, to everybody in the diocese for whom we had the email address. We received over 3,000 completed surveys. And the point of it was the question that said, how would you grade the homily in your parish on a scale of A to F? And that answer came back C plus. But then you could say, well, we're a sacramental church, and it is the Mass, the center, the focus, the purpose of the Mass is the Eucharist. So maybe the homily just isn't that important to people. We asked three more questions. How important is the homily to your faith life, your Catholic faith life? How important is the homily to your participation in your parish? How important is the homily to your engagement in the Mass. To all three of those separate questions, over 85% said the homily was extremely or very important to their Catholic faith life, to their participation in their parish, and to their engagement in the Mass. I think that's all we need to know. We're giving our faithful a C-plus homily when for them it's extremely or very important to everything that's important about their Catholic faith life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Though that 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 is um, a vitally significant point, and you know, I, I I didn't I didn't introduce some of your your background at the beginning, Jim, but when you were talking about your your love for rhetoric, your love for oratory, and your ability to really. Um, help move people in significant ways. I mean, you, you have had a, a long history with, with the word, often published, but um, long-time long time, um, CEO and, and president of the Dallas Morning News. You've been out of that business for some time now. But um, it, do you see a relationship between your, your long career in um, publishing and, yeah. and this emphasis? Yes, I do. Um Really, at least half of my career was spent um, in the business of managing news-based television stations in uh, 17 cities across the United States. And we were always uh, interviewing uh, news anchor people, weather anchor people, sports anchor people, and their ability, again, to connect with an audience was something that, that I studied. I mean, we had research and data and tried to say, why is this person connecting with the audience while this other person over there isn't? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a, that was probably the, another basis for this whole kind of um, fascination with, with oratory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's talk about what we're doing, right? So we, we talked a little yep. bit about your passion. We've talked a little bit about how we've identified that, that and, and, and actually got some data to ground um, what a lot of people seem to have noticed anecdotally um, with challenges with, with preaching. So what, what are we doing? We're, we're founding an institute that, that is dedicated to improving the preaching of the current priests within the Diocese of Dallas. And 
Um, how, how do you see this institute and, and, and its work? Well, I see it doing exactly what uh, the survey uh, instrument we sent out said was our problem, the disconnect between what people need, what they want, what they're aspiring to have from their <clears throat> preachers, their priests, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and what they're receiving. So this institute, which I am so happy to say will be at the University of Dallas, um, will be the only place in the United States today mm-hmm. where a priest can go and find help in improving his preaching. Mm-hmm. And that is the singular focus. We're going to start with our priests here in the Diocese of Dallas with the great support of Bishop Burns and Bishop Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we want to expand this nationally. We want this to be the most important place in the United States where U.S. priests can go and get help improving their preaching, mm-hmm. creating an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ through their homily at the Sunday Mass. Yeah. I, I know that we're not going to make everyone Martin Sheen, but we, but we are um, going to be, uh, I say Martin Sheen, Fulton, Fulton, Fulton Sheen. Sheen. It's, it's all right. Not Martin Sheen either, right? Not Martin Sheen either. <laughs> For Fulton sure not that. <laughs> We're not going to make everybody Fulton Sheen, goodness gracious. Uh, uh, but we can, we can take a C plus and make it a B plus. I know that. Right. I, I, I do too. And, and you know, it's, it's funny how Providence works sometimes. Um, this, this was coming together, this initiative to, to found a homiletics institute while the university was putting together its latest strategic plan. And um, one of our three principal pillars is finding new ways to be of service to our church and to our country. And this homiletics institute just fits perfectly into the, the, the fundamental work of the University of Dallas. But it's, it, it's a unique project. Um, it's been exciting to be a part of this because um, we, we have you as, as a layman who's, who's not officially attached to the University of Dallas, who um, you know, uh, certainly belong to the Diocese of Dallas. And, and Bishop Burns has been, has been a, a great support for this initiative. And then the Catholic Foundation, where, where the, the funds that have been raised, so we, this, this whole institute – is um, going to be funded by dollars that have been raised through your efforts in particular and, and Chris Kramer's um, to um, make sure that this is a permanent institute, that it's sufficiently funded. The money will be sitting at the, the Catholic Foundation, but the, the institute itself will be at the University of Dallas. So it's, it's, it's been a, um, a remarkable partnership, and it shows – what we can do when we, we don't stay just within our own particular institution or lane, but, but collaborate with other people of good faith to uh, solve problems that are of um, real significance to the lives of the faithful. Yeah, I'll say uh, the only thing I'll just emphasize is the, the fact that this is a permanent endowment. We've raised eight million of the $10 million uh, that we will raise initially um, gives this uh, institute um, deep roots as it begins. 
mm-hmm. it's not going to ha- require the director to go out and be fundraising every week to try to pay the bills tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, the annual funding will be secured through this endowment. Uh, it's also not taxing mm-hmm. the university's uh, own funds for which there are so many uh, needs. Um, and so I think in, in a way from all the donors, uh, from me, from Chris, uh, uh, it, it's a gift to the university that I believe is going to be wonderful for the Institute uh, as a place to drop, you know, take down and put those roots down permanently, but also um, important for increasing the vis- visibility and the people visiting uh, from across the United States, the campus of the University of Dallas. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's without a doubt a, a, a tremendous blessing to the University of Dallas, and um, we're just grateful to be part of this this essential work. You know, um, we're, we're going to be sending out a, a press release celebrating our new executive director, and and I think the date for that release is October 4th, which uh, for for those of you who, who don't know, that's the Feast of, of St. Francis, who was given the charge mm-hmm. of rebuilding our, our church. And um, uh, rebuilding Christ's church, I should say, right? It was it was uh, <laughs> okay. you know, specifically um, listening to the the voice of God that that Saint Francis was motivated. So that that evangelistic spirit um, um, that that is really what what drives good homiletics is tied to the the birth of this particular institute. But we we do have an executive director. She's already on contract and already uh, has hit the ground running, putting together plans. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm, 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 I'm not sure whether uh, we want to say her name right now or not ahead of the press release, Jim, which is why I'm, I'm hedging a little bit. And, um, but, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about searching for the right person to, to run this institute and, and how we, we ended up with, with um, our new executive director. Well, President Sanford, I don't. I do believe that this uh, this is out. Um, uh, I've, it, it was published in the Texas Catholic. Ah, okay, good, <laughs> so good, good. Well, it you know, I should. I, okay, good. Let's 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 proceed to talking about I, Dr. Carla you Bellinger. Have, you have a lot to be doing running a university. I'm I'm a retired businessman, so I read it yesterday. Okay, great. But in any case, uh, it's Carla Bellinger. She was the uh, person really running the day-to-day operations of what was called the Martin program at the university at, at the, uh, at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this Institute, this program, Martin program had a similar focus teaching priests, be better preachers. In fact, we had, I would say almost 20, uh, deacons and priests from our own parish go through her program. And while we were doing all this work, we sought her advice. We sought her counsel we interviewed the priests and the deacons that went up there, and to a person they gave the program and her nothing but glowing reports. Mm-hmm. The funding for that program from the Lilly Foundation ran out, and uh, it wasn't, uh, you know, remade. So uh, she, I guess in a sense she became a free agent, but she quickly began work with one of the uh, Catholic homiletic uh, groups and. Uh, I didn't think we'd be able to attract her, but towards the close of the search, she said she had been praying and, and praying, and the Holy Spirit told her this is her work. Yeah. And so we were happy to um, offer her the job. I would tell you it puts us at least a year ahead in getting this up and running because she's done it and That's knows right. how to do it, and she comes with a wonderful uh, 
resume and reputation and will be attracting priests uh, from around the country, I think, in October. Right. She's doing a convocation with a priest in the state of Utah. Mm -hmm. Maybe the first time a woman has led mm -hmm. a convocation of priests uh, in our uh, U.S. Catholic Church. And uh, I just wanted to emphasize her credentials. Uh, she's going to be great. You know, I, I, I've spent some time with her. She, she is remarkable. She's visionary. And you're right. She has done this before. And in fact, we, we have got a number of priests in our diocese, and, and they're priests who are celebrated for their excellent preaching, who took advantage of that Martin Institute some years ago, and they, they could not speak more highly of her. And when, when we were um, going through the search, and it, it took some time because this is a tall order, and uh, for a while, we, we thought, well, um, maybe we need to, to find a priest to do this work. Yep. And what, what became evident as we were going through that process is having somebody who's, who's in the pew, so to speak, but has real expertise and has done this before and is recognized as a, an international leader in the field of homiletics – do this work has all kinds of advantages that we we just had overlooked when we when we started with the search, and I just feel like we've we found the needle in the haystack with with Dr. Carla Bellinger. So I, I couldn't agree more. I'm so excited she's on board. She's hard at work already. We're talking daily, uh, and uh, the more we more I talk, more I listen to her, the more excited I get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's going to be a, a lot of good around this. You know, what what one of the things we're, we're focused, like laser focused on improving preaching first in the diocese of Dallas and then beyond. And you're right, this this is a, a truly unique institute. There is no place now um, in the United States where priests can turn for this kind of focused uh, study of how to improve their their teaching. But there's there's another feature to this that. Um, Although it's it's not the principal focus, it seems to me of of great value as well, and and that is that our priests won't be moving through this program in an isolated fashion. Um, they'll they'll be engaged with each other in a in a cohort model, and um, that means they'll have opportunities to really build their fraternity with each other. And and I I do think that that some of the challenges that our our priests are facing today is the extreme isolation that many of them experience, where they're they're sometimes serving multiple parishes, they're they're absorbed, and they're by themselves oftentimes in in the work of caring for the souls within this diocese, and they don't have many opportunities to build up fraternity with each other. And through this program, those opportunities will be presented in a way that is tied so closely to their, their principal work as proclaimers of the, of the Word of God. Yeah, you know, you, uh, you have children, uh, at boys at Cistercian. I've had boys at Cistercian. I graduated from there, and I was able to see daily mm -hmm. the power of that fraternity, the power of the community of those monks living together and what it, what it did for them singularly and what it did for them as a whole. And you're so right. Our priests today have so many duties on them. Uh, Bishop Kelly talks about, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, he's becoming a priest. There were 250,000 Catholics in the diocese and 200 priests. 
Today, there's 1.25 million Catholics, and there's about 225 priests. Yeah. Um, the the workload on these men is uh, just remarkable. Yes. Uh, and uh, if I think they they will be able to have some fraternity because uh, they will work in cohorts with fellow priests in the diocese, and hopefully that cohort, which will be together for a year, will extend beyond that time, so That's they can right. reach out when they have someone they need to talk to, visit with, ask questions about, just bounce things off of. I think it could be one of the real, you know, benefits that aren't necessarily something that we planned right. uh, when we got this started. You know, the going back to the, the, the point of, of timing again, um, this is this is the right time. One of the things that, that Bishop Burns has shared with me on several occasions is um, we we need to um, re-evangelize um, our um, our lay faithful, particularly coming after this this period of of COVID. Um, some people are coming back to church. Some people aren't. People need to be reminded of why our faith is so fundamental to um, what it is to be a flourishing human being. They need to be inspired and. Um, Coming into a mass and hearing excellent preaching is going to be so essential to to that work. Yeah, I, I, if I could, I'll just do a short story that's true that happened just yesterday. Because mm-hmm. um, you talked about losing our young people, people not finding that inspirational message. Mm-hmm. And she has been going to the Methodist church where she was finding an inspirational message. Mm-hmm. And she went down to a, uh, a mass, uh, went down to a wedding, I'm sorry, in the San Antonio area and heard a Father Flanagan who did the, the mass, mm-hmm. uh, the wedding mass. And she was so inspired. And she came back and said to me last night, Dad, uh, you know, the person I listened to at the Methodist church has come ill and probably won't be preaching. Where could I go hear a good sermon at a Catholic church? Mm. And I said, well, uh, you could go listen to Father Edwin out in Coppell. She said, Dad, how about something a little closer? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said, well, um, how about coming with me and listening to Father Ryan at Holy Trinity? Yeah. And that's very close to where we are. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, I don't know which Mass he's preaching at. So last night, before going to bed, I sent him an email saying, would you tell me which <laughs> Mass you're preaching at? Yeah. And I believe this is the moment the Holy Spirit has created for me to bring her back to the Catholic faith, and yet I have to, you know, dial her out to Coppell or hope I get the right celebrant at Holy Trinity, and I go back and say, you know, we can be better than this. We have the original greatest preacher ever Mm -hmm. who established our church Mm -hmm. with St. Peter, and there's an an undivided succession to Pope Francis today and to Bishop Kelly and to Bishop Burns. And we need to honor that great tradition that Jesus gave to his church and to his disciples to go out to the ends of the earth and, you know, baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But I know before they baptized him, they were preaching to him. And uh, we need to be able to think I could success, I could walk into virtually any Catholic church mm-hmm. with a person thinking about joining the Catholic faith and reliably expect to hear a good sermon. Yeah. I don't think I don't think President Sanford that's too much to ask. Mm-hmm. So we got to get to work on it. 
Well, thank you for sharing that, that beautiful story. And uh, you've, you've given us something to pray about, um, pray for um, at, at the same time. Kelly. Um, and okay, um, so prayers for Kelly and, and that journey. And you're right. I mean, what, what, one thing that I know to be the case is that every priest wants to be that inspiring preacher. And what we need is to arm them with the wherewithal, with, with the tools of the trade. And so building upon that desire, that original inspiration they had to, to proclaim the word of Jesus Christ and to bring people into his church um, is, is going to be met with precisely what one needs in order to uh, do that work well of proclaiming the word, of preaching the word. So I, I just want to thank you, Jim, for the, the, um, um, the inspirational ways in which you have driven this process. We, we, there's no way we would have um, been able to, to have the financial support to found this institute. Um, you've, you've, I know, uh, spent a lot of time with a lot of people um, of means within the Diocese of Dallas. You've shared your vision. You've inspired them. This, this is truly a, a diocese-wide effort that is going to be of tremendous support to our own diocese and to the church in the United States and beyond. So thank you for, for your tremendous efforts in support of excellent preaching. Well, thank you, and just two very short last things. You already did it, but I need to acknowledge Chris Kramer, who's been on this journey with me step by step. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, we wouldn't be here today without her. And finally, I am so proud and so, um, I believe so much in every priest in our diocese. I know they are doing everything they can to bring people to the faith, keep people in the faith, uh, and we're here to help them mm-hmm. and uh, not to wag our finger at them. Uh, right. We're here to help them. That's right. Good. Well, um, thank you very much. Our listeners, please please keep a, keep, keep a lookout um, for the Homiletics Institute at the University of Dallas, and let's all pray for our priests. Thanks very much. Thank you, President Sanford.